0: An Android powered botnet is terrorizing thousands of online companies. A Chinese app is enabling people to make malware on the get go. And Bitcoins, how do you secure them? My name is Pablo and I'm a security researcher at BruteSec Security. And I welcome you to the Safe Zone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Safe Zone. My name is Pablo, and I'm a security researcher at Brusex Security. Since this is the first episode or the first edition, if you will, of this podcast, I kind of want to talk to you about what you can expect from this podcast and give a quick introduction about what we're going to talk about. So basically, what we want to do is we want to bring computer security and cybersecurity and also tech news to the general public so everyone can stay safe online. But the problem with mainstream tech news these days is that it's very technical and kind of hard to understand. So we kind of want to be the middleman in between the very geeky technical side of things and also the general public. So that's basically what the safe zone is all about. Because we think that computer security is a growing phenomenon and it's, it's something that is going to be super important not only now but definitely in the future. So we want to educate as much as people as possible. So without further ado, let's get into this week's tech news. There's a new botnet in town and it's terrorizing thousands of online companies and services by sending them DDoS attacks. This particular botnet, called WireX, is an Android-powered botnet and it's kind of an odd duck when it comes to the whole realm of botnets. The reason being is because it has made its way onto Google's official app store. What usually happens is that hackers are trying to get their app onto some third-party app store so you can install them from the internet. The thing is that most of the normal users don't really use third-party apps, so their reach is a lot smaller. With this one, however, they got over 300 apps infected in the official app store, making their reach much, much bigger. Researchers found out that there's about 120,000 different IPs tied to the botnet and they're all sending Layer 7 DDoS attacks. What does this mean? This means that instead of occupying a lot of bandwidth, instead they're going to occupy a lot of memory from the servers they're trying to attack, deeming their servers just unusable. On top of that, most of the time they're also asking for a certain ransom to the companies that they're trying to attack. Now, if you think that your device may have been infected with the malware or you just want to check it, you can just download a normal antivirus for your mobile phone and most of them will detect it and remove it immediately. Now, a lot of online companies have tied together and joined forces to try and bring the botnet down. What we have learned from past attacks, just like the Mirai botnet, is that instead of trying to take it down using individual companies, which has happened before, We can now join forces in one big operation in trying to take the whole thing down and making the internet safer yet again. There's a new Chinese app that is allowing you to create your own malware. Discovered by Symantec, the guys who are behind Norton Antivirus, this app is very, very low risk. Because even though the app does lock your phone, which means that your phone is not usable until you pay the ransom, it does not encrypt any of your files. So this means that if you just remove the malware from your phone, you can just keep on using it and all your data is still there unencrypted. In the past few months, these so-called Trojan development kits have gained a lot in popularity. Just because it's so easy for regular users to create their own malware, make some money with it without any coding knowledge whatsoever. And the makers of these development kits, they just get a small part of whatever they earn from all the malware that's out there. Even though that this particular one is mainly focused on targeting Chinese people, it can easily be translated and further infect other people. So whenever you get infected with ransomware of any kind, just be sure to not pay the ransom, because it is not a guarantee that you will get your files back. Just try and remove the malware and then wait for a decryptor so you can decrypt your files and get them back. All right, so let's talk Bitcoin. If you have been living under a rock for the past four years and you don't know what Bitcoin is, it is basically a form of cryptocurrency. Now, what is cryptocurrency? It is some kind of virtual money that you can invest in or you can buy stuff with. And it's made of um, mathematical calculations. Now, the basics of cryptocurrency is simple. There is only a finite amount of Bitcoin out there. And every new bitcoin that has been created is based on all the previous ones so it keeps on getting more difficult to get new bitcoins now because it is more and more difficult to get new bitcoins they have also risen in price drastically that's why they're most famous for it. for example if you bought one bitcoin four years ago you would have paid about a hundred us dollars for one bitcoin Whereas now one Bitcoin is worth 4,793 US dollars, which is about 48 times the price. That's crazy, right? That's why a lot of people are now getting into cryptocurrency investing. So what they do is they buy Bitcoins or some other form of cryptocurrency, for example, Ethereum or Litecoin, and they just keep it until the price just rises and they can sell them again. Now The problem with cryptocurrency is that, just like regular money, you have to keep it safe somewhere. For example, in real life, with real life money, people often put their money in a safe. And they put that safe in their home. But with cryptocurrency, they are most of the time not that cautious with their coins. Whereas they actually should be. So most of the cryptocurrency is most likely stored in a wallet. So what is a wallet? It is a piece of software that runs on your computer that can be used to store, receive, and send bitcoins. Every wallet has its wallet address. So it's a big piece of random characters and that is basically like your home address. So if I have your home address, I can send you letters. If you have my home address, you can send me letters. It's the same thing with bitcoin wallets. If I have your wallet's address, I can send you bitcoins. If you have my wallet address, you can send me bitcoins. It is also used, of course, to store the coins. Now. There's a lot of different wallets out there. There's third-party wallets, there's uh, core wallets, like the the ones that are made by Bitcoin themselves. And there's cloud-based wallets, there's non-cloud-based wallets, there's all kinds of wallets. Now, the, the basics of securing your Bitcoins is in choosing the right wallets and then choosing the right storage for your wallets. So let's crack into the different pieces of wallets that you can have. So basically, you have to keep six things in mind. First of all is, are you in control of your own money? For example, if you have a wallet that is offline, you have complete control of your own money. You can send your money, you can receive your money, you can keep your money, you can do whatever you want. If you are storing it on a cloud-based wallet, for example, you're uh, buying coins from an exchange so this this is what happens most of the time like you have normal money you have just euros or dollars you go to an exchange these exchanges they have bitcoins so they they have some bitcoins in storage and you can buy coins from them for an exact amount of euros or dollars you give them the money and they give you the bitcoins now Most of the time, what they do is they store your Bitcoin on their wallets, so they have cloud-based wallets, which means that if you have a username and password, you can just log in from about anywhere and access your Bitcoins. This, of course, comes with a security risk because if they get hacked or your account gets hacked, you basically lose your Bitcoins. Also, because it's on their servers, they can basically turn rogue and steal your Bitcoins if they want to. So if you have an offline wallet and you're keeping your coins on your own computer, you have complete control of your money. The second thing you should worry about is the validation of your transactions. So basically the way Bitcoin works is that if I send you some money and you send me some money or whatever we do, whatever transaction we do, it has to be valid. And it does that. It does that validation based on the blockchain, which is basically a big, big, big file which contains all the transactions that has been done before in the Bitcoin network. Now, some wallets, they rely on third-party validation. So that means that they go and they ask some server, hey, is this transaction valid? Is this, is this even possible? Is this, is this okay? And then they're going to respond with either yes or no. And they do that by doing some calculation on the blockchain. Whereas some wallets, like the Bitcoin Core wallet, they have the whole blockchain stored on your computer. So that means that you need a lot, a lot more disk space about, wait, let me check. It's 154 gigabytes right now for Bitcoin and for Ethereum, it's 130 gigabytes something. Anyway, so you need to download all that data. So downloading all that data can take a very, very long time because judging from the the speeds of the internet these days, uh, it can take about yeah I mean it really depends where you live but it can take a long time that's that's the basic gist of it. Also you need a lot of disk space so if you're l- running an SSD or you're running yeah if for example if you're running at 128 SSD on a MacBook you're just going to run out of space so there's no way that you can download all that that data on your computer but it is worth it from a security standpoint. The third thing you should worry about is the transparency of the wallet. So, open source wallets are built for the community. So you can check the source of the wallet. You can see if there is any malicious code in there that is trying to steal your Bitcoin or whenever. So, there is no uh there's no secrets hidden whatsoever. If you can check the code, you you know that it's it's a wallet you can trust, right? Because sometimes what people do is they make a wallet And they put some kind of backdoor in it so they can transfer all your coins to themselves. The fourth thing you should worry about is the environments in which your Bitcoins are stored. For example, if you use an offline wallet, they are stored on your computer. Which means that if your computer gets infected with a virus or malware, they can basically steal your Bitcoins from your computer. However, what we recommend then is to move them to what's called cold storage. So that means that it is storage like a hard drive or a thumb drive or even a piece of paper if possible, which means that you can um, basically disconnect them from your computer so that in the event of you getting attacked by malware or a virus, they cannot access your bitcoins because your bitcoins are somewhere safe in a safe or box or somewhere beneath your bed or whatever. Then another one, which is not really important for the security, but since Bitcoin is kind of an anonymous way of paying, you can also check the privacy of the wallet. Because some wallets, they want you to give your name, your address, your uh, like legal information, all that stuff. And they will tie it to the address that is bound to your wallet. So this means that if you buy, for example, exchanges do this a lot. If you buy Bitcoins from an exchange, they know that, you are the one that is owning those bitcoin and because of the way that bitcoin works they can track wherever your bitcoins are going and basically that way they can know who you are and what you have bought and what you have paid for so some wallets just like the bitcoin core wallet they have 100 percent privacy whereas you can use tor which is the onion router which means that your ip address is not visible all that stuff um to do transactions with Bitcoins. And then the last thing you want to worry about is uh, the control over your fees. So the way Bitcoin works is that if I send you some Bitcoin, there is a certain transaction fee bound to it. Because the way the transactions work, somebody has to do the whole transaction. Like there is some computer out there in the world that is doing the transaction for you. And as of kind of a, a reward for doing that, You can give them a small fee in Bitcoin so they can earn profit from it as well. Now, the more fees you pay, the faster your payment gets through. So sometimes if you pay almost nothing, you can wait a very, very long time for your transaction to come through. Now, these are the six things that you want to keep in mind. And what I suggest is if you're investing in Bitcoin, just for security reasons, take Bitcoin Core. It is the wallet created by Bitcoin themselves and it's the most safe wallet out there I can think of. But what you have to keep in mind is to use cold storage. So what I suggest you do is you get your Bitcoin, right? You, bit, you get them from an exchange, you put them on your Bitcoin offline wallet, your Bitcoin core wallet. What you then do is you move them to a hard drive and you encrypt that hard drive. So that way that if someone gets your... Hard drive, they still have to get your password to get to your bitcoins. What you then do is you make sure that your hard drive is not connected to your computer whatsoever, and you just put your hard drive in a safe or you put them in your home somewhere just hidden. That way, nobody can ever access your bitcoin and they're 100% secure. What you should absolutely not do, however, is put them in a cloud. Like I know so many people who bought bitcoins about four years ago when they were still cheap and they lost all their bitcoins just because their exchange or their cloud wallet has been hacked. So you don't want to be that guy or girl that gets their wallets hacked and you lose all your bitcoins. So this was the first episode of Safe Zone. I hope you enjoyed the show and if you did please let me know on my email address which is pablo at com. You can also just email info at com and tell me what you want to see next in the show. Maybe you want to see more tech news. Maybe you want to see more security tips. Maybe you thought the show was already good and you just want to say that you love it. Whatever it is, just let me know on my email address. This was Pablo, a security researcher at Brusex Security, and I see you in the next episode of Safe Zone. Bye.